Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Have you seen Escape from Danamora? Yeah, I just finished it last night. <laughs> well, so there's this scene where Paul Dano is plotting his escape, and he gets to this brick wall and realizes, unfortunately, that it's going to take five years of constant banging with a hammer to chip his way out of the jail. Out of jail, yes. Yet... <laughs> What does he do? He begins chipping. Yet he persists. Yet he, yes. Nevertheless, <laughs> he persisted. Well, so, look, there's only two years left in the Trump administration, we hope, so we can certainly persist through that. And here we are, here chipping we away. Are. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, speaking of that, we are now halfway of being <laughs> imprisoned <laughs> in a hellscape. Of our own design. <laughs> we are now uh, uh, at least halfway through, a little more halfway through the Trump presidency. Thank and, God. And um, we thought things maybe would get better. We thought maybe it would be like a cosine curve where things sort of bottom out halfway through and then they start getting better. But no. No, it's they just, just gotten worse keep and getting, worse. Keep getting worse. And the thing that I always come back to is that the president's most solemn duty is to protect and defend the United States. He's the commander. In chief. He took a vow. He took a vow. Well, that, that, well, you sign contracts. It doesn't mean you actually have to live up to them. Well, right. that is a contract he is not living up to. Luckily, there to keep us honest are the experts in national security. These are people like the director of national intelligence, Dan Coates, the CIA director, Gina Haspel. These are people he appointed. Yes. So they this week they did their um, annual appearance in front of Congress where they testified about the state of national security. Like where the top the threats, threats. The top threats, exactly. And this is to alert us, and this should guide our policy, right? Of course. So, of course, what did they say? They said, ISIS is still strong and a, and a formidable Wait, threat. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> North Korea will is is uh, will never give up its nukes because it's the only way to protect itself, and that uh, all of our adversaries, especially Russia, pose a very serious threat to the integrity of our elections, which, of course, is the direct opposite of everything that Donald Trump has said. Right. Right. Where he said that ISIS has been defeated and North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat and there has been no interference from Russia or anybody or else Putin in our Or Putin said it very firmly. Right. And he believes him. Listen. I have no reason not to believe him. He, so how did he respond to this? You might think, okay, so he said these things, but now the experts come in and he's going to fall back a little bit, play it cool. No. His answer was, these people need to go back to school. <laughs> He know, to he, Trump University. <laughs> at, at Trump University. <laughs> these people know more. The, he appointed these people. It's not like these are Obama carryovers or lifers or anything. These are the people he appointed to advise him about how to keep our nation safe. And he's telling them they need, if if they should go back to school, then fire them and people who went, hire people who went to Trump University. Exactly. Hire Eric Trump, who but, didn't even graduate high school. Wouldn't you think when there's like 17 different <laughs> investigations going on into your misconduct that you would try and act like a little bit no, not No, because suspicious. he's smarter. He knows he has the biggest brain. He knows the biggest words. He's the best negotiator. He Nobody knows more about the military than he does. So he didn't stop. Of course, he had to weigh in further on the tweet. And he goes, the intelligence people seem to be extremely passive and naive when it comes specifically to the dangers of Iran. They are wrong, exclamation. When I became president, Iran was making trouble all over the Middle East and beyond. Since ending the terrible Iran nuclear deal, they are much different, but still a source of potential danger and conflict. <laughs> what about Hezbollah? What about, like, they're Syria. They are ruining everything. This there are is 
and this is like a John Bolton thing, oh, right? Of course, they're yeah. a vessel of evil. Ugh. But yeah, no, but you would think, okay, so Bolton's hung up on Iran, but you would think, I mean, Bolton's a hawk, right? He's losing all these battles. He thinks everything is a threat. Yeah. And frankly, I wish John Bolton would win some more of these arguments. It's obvious that Trump is probably already disillusioned with him and on the verge of firing him because he just doesn't go along with the whims, although he is. He's being a fucking pussy. He's a mustache <laughs> on a neck. And did you see that he He's had an empty like, suit. He has an empty suit. Did you see he, there was a picture of him with like a yellow legal oh, yeah, pad? Oh yeah, 5,000 5, troops to Columbia. What? Columbia? El Chapo? That really, like, I did not understand. I think it's like to invade Venezuela from the, Colombia. He's going to take them from Syria confused. and put them in Colombia. And Colombians are like good guys now. Like, they're, they're helping us out down Maybe there. Maybe he meant Columbia University? Or Columbus Ohio? I, <laughs> I don't know. So he's just gaslighting us again. He's taking the finest minds that he could find who would agree to work for him at least and saying that they're completely wrong. And it's just another example. Rachel, you were just talking about this. There's all kinds of ways that he just manufactures nonsense. <laughs> yes. So he keeps talking about this situation. Like the border is the biggest oh, yeah, crisis. yeah, of course. Even National though, emergency. Like that was not even really mentioned at all by any of these professionals. Because it's not. Because it's not a threat. It is not a threat. Threat. And he's like planning to there declare are too many people a picking our emergency. almonds like, at below minimum wage. It's nonsense. But he's gone on this like media tour where at every stop he talks about women being bound and gagged with electrical tape. Electrical tape. So he's a and champion of women. He's yeah, right. <laughs> who, he's who deserve not to be bound by electrical tape. Fighting for the rights of women everywhere. Is this is there the evidence problem of this? <laughs> Just one problem. This is not necessarily happening. It Except in films with Benicio del Toro, specifically <laughs> Sicario, which is a recent movie with Emily Blunt. Oh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> where um, women are bound and gagged and dragged over Wait, the Mary border. Mary Poppins was bound and gagged <laughs> with Mary electrical Poppins tape at the border? By Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> by Madeline Manuel Lynn Miranda. <laughs> So no, so he's getting his foreign policy from a Netflix movie. How does he even sit through a he's, Netflix movie? It's like two hours it's long. It's not even a Netflix movie. It's it's like on like HBO. Stephen or Miller yeah. like like whispered. Someone in his told ear. him about it, and he was like, he misconstrued what is real and what is on film because he doesn't know anything. No, he's a Alex moron. Jones told him or something like that. So no, listen. Like, for once in your life, I mean, I know that we're hoping against hope here. This is like you can't teach an old disgusting rabid dog new tricks but like listen to somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about Please, the ones you appointed I'm seriously staying up at night thinking about these threats this is the this one is thing serious. that is life and death for us this is all very of these national serious security stuff. issues no shut it down shut it down you know what you know what we need rachel we need some exciting new choices <laughs> to get <laughs> for ready 2020. for 2020 and we have some interesting things happening this week we have uh kamala harris very exciting right? i'm not the biggest fan of elizabeth warren but i'd take her in a second over Donald Trump, yes. right? We have Julian Castro. Yes. Right? Lots of interesting people. Is that the people. right Castro? I know there's brothers. I think so, yeah. I think yeah. he's the right one. He's not a bad, bad guy. And there's probably another 20 or so people going to run. But um, that field is getting crowded. So there's someone who decided that we need an independent to run. Yes. And that is former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz. No. He is has been flirting for a while with an independent run for the presidency. 
And this week, he sort of said he was running for president as an independent. He launched a Twitter account. He lo- and- right. So he is a lifelong Democrat, and he decided that he was going to run as a centrist. And they did a little political analysis. So he says he's going to appeal to people who are socially moderate and fiscally conservative. And they did a little thing, and they said, okay, what he's really talking about, who are those that demographic he's trying to reach? They're affluent. They are socially moderate, fiscally conservative. They are suburban, and they are mostly men in the West Coast. And it applies to about 4% of the electorate, (laughs) which is about the percentage he would get, except we know from recent history that's the amount. That's what Jill Jill Stein gets. Remember Jill Stein? Remember Ralph Nader? Remember Ross Perot? These people change elections. Like ever since Teddy Roosevelt ran in the Bull Moose Party in 1912, like no good has ever come of these third party runs. John Connolly, like these are not good things. So he's going to throw the election to Trump. Now, he tweeted that he was he started a Twitter account. He tweeted he was considering running. Now, then he backed up and said, well, he's going to crisscross the country for three months doing a book tour. It was like the listening tour. And now he says he won't be the reason that he vows he will not be the reason that Trump gets reelected, although we don't know if that's because he wouldn't run if that was the case or because he's sure that he's going to win and that wouldn't happen. And in the end, who the fuck cares? Who the fuck get, cares? Get out. Like all of these people who are like doing their, their exploratory committees. I don't know what that is. Biden, get in or get out. Get in All or of get these out. People, you cannot be a little bit pregnant. You can't just like put the tip in a little bit. Like no. either you're fucking or you're not. This like, thing is, it's totally driven by graphic design, in my opinion. How so? How so? <laughs> if you release a logo. Oh, we had a logo. He has a logo. And it says Howard Schultz. And then on top of it, it says in cursive, like he signed it, Howard Oh, it's very so compelling. Like love Howard. Very like com- love Simon. Like love he's Howard. like really like of personal. The pe- man of the people. Signing right. his sign my name Herschel's, on your heart. Nobody asked for you. Nobody stood on a street with two Starbucks and said, "I wish I had I another wish I had Starbucks." Another one. <laughs> just just like you do. Nobody no one wants ever you. said, "I Go. want Howard Schultz as my president." No, <laughs> no one said that. No, no one put this on the menu. No one ordered it. No. I don't want Howard it. Howard Schultz, get back in your venti latte. <laughs> We're sending this back. It's sour. No, <laughs> no, no. Howard, shut it down. We don't want to ever hear from you again. Um, you know who should run for president? Who? Gwyneth Paltrow. Of course. I'm <laughs> glad you said that. I was just thinking that. <laughs> or, well, there might be some complications. So we um, read today in our finest living newspaper, the Daily Mail. Oh, I love the Daily yes. Mail. Um, Gwyneth is being sued for $3.1 million by a Utah doctor. Oh. And when I first heard that, I thought it was going to be for perpetrating quackery on the American public. Well, of course. She should be uh, fined by the American Medical Association for the, the vagina egg. The, the J- J- Vagina eggs and the vagina steaming and all of the craziness, but but no. So this Utah doctor in quotes and it's an optometrist, Um, not really. That's That's not not an MD. Terry Sanderson, the seventy-two-year-old doctor, filed a lawsuit accusing Gwyneth of seriously injuring him in a hit-and-run crash at a Park City ski resort. Ski re- you can hit-and-run in a ski resort? <laughs> With your body. So, oh, wait. So was she skiing or was she like in the parking lot? No, she was skiing. She so, skied like into him? So she skied into him. So the complaint was filed this week, and it says that Gwyneth was skiing with her instructor at Deer Valley, and she lost control and slammed into Terry Sanderson's back and toppled him over and and sanderson said at a press conference i heard this hysterical scream and instantaneously i got hit 
that's terrible. It's terrible. But it happens. Ski accidents happen, right? But it gets that's how like Sonny Bono died, and that's how Natasha Richardson died, right? And there was a Kennedy. Oh, a Kennedy died that way yeah, too. It's, yeah, it's dangerous. Okay, yeah. it's a dangerous sport. So um, that's why Gwen- I don't do it. So after she ran into Terry Sanderson, Gwyneth got up and just skied away <laughs> without checking on him or seeing how so he was doing. It was a hit and run, like really. It was she really took a off. hit and run. And then her did he get her license and insurance? <laughs> no, no, there was no communication. There was just like goodbye. And then her instructor went over to Sanderson, who was basically like in the snow, face down, in in like in a lot of pain, and just told him that the incident was his fault. Oh, that's gaslighting. Ultimate gaslighting. So, like, he obviously got hit on his back, and he's like face down in the snow. It's like like, if someone rear ends your car and is like, "This is your fault." fault. It's not possible. So. Sanderson says in the complaint that neither of them alerted ski patrol. He was left stranded and alone with brain damage and four broken ribs on the side of the mountain. It's horrible. They left him for dead. It's horrible. And it just, like, she was, I don't know what happened with her. Like, I can't believe she lost control of her skis. She's so normally cool and confident and athletic and under control. Yeah, she looks like, maybe it's because she had that jade egg in her vagina. (laughs) Her legs were like... like, Her legs couldn't stay parallel. Like, maybe they were... She lost control of her knees. Yes, listeners, do not go skiing. With a, <laughs> don't, don't use a jade egg to begin with. But if you are, do not go skiing. And maybe she steamed her City. vagina and she got some sort of scalding, and she was. I don't know. There's all kinds <laughs> there's of anatomical kind. permutations that could have led to this. None of which are acceptable excuses. No, for what no. She did. But the Daily Mail had this video interview with Terry Sanderson, the optometrist, the optometrist, <laughs> and like it kind of makes me question his credibility oh, as well. Oh, um, maybe we could. How long ago did this happen? Of, <laughs> this happened like a few years ago. Okay, and he's just and surfacing he's just, now. He's uh, just filing okay. the suit now, and um, he talks in the video about how he can. T- <laughs> Owing to this injury, he could no longer sneeze without breaking his ribs. And he says that... Wait, 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 stop. He sneezes? And it breaks his ribs? It re-injures him. Oh, because he had broken ribs. And, and every he time sneezes. he sneezes, he gets re-injured. I understand that it hurts, but I know people have had broken ribs. It doesn't re-break the ribs. I mean, his ribs for the last three years have been breaking and reforming. <laughs> It's a miraculous cycle of life. (laughs) Regeneration. But but he also said that this run-in with Gwyneth Paltrow has has rendered him mentally ill. And now all he can do is sit in a chair. All that's it? So he's like catatonic? He just sits in a chair. Oh, my God. That's terrible. It seemed a little (laughs) far-fetched, though. It really did. And then I started to think that Terry Sanderson and Gwyneth Paltrow. He sounds like a little, he's a, it sounds like a little bit like Trump's doctor, who's like this quack. Yeah. We have like a quack they running into a quack. Other. They deserve each other. If, if this was like a rom-com, that would be their like They would meet cute. cute. <laughs> right. Exactly. They would be in love. But for Gwyneth Paltrow, if she's going to run for president, <laughs> as you suggest, this could be her Chappaquiddick. <laughs> this, is, this is her Chappaquiddick. <laughs> she's the doctor really... of whatever is Mary Jo Kopechny, left <laughs> for is... dead at Park City, Utah. <laughs> this is very unfortunate. I'm sorry to all the group fans. No, this is terrible. Sorry, group fans. No. Sorry to the patients of Dr. Patterson, whatever his name is. <laughs> I'm sorry he can no longer work at Cohen's Fashion Optical. I'm just sorry he can no longer sneeze. 
<laughs> no, shut it down. I can't take this anymore. No. Gwyneth, no. call us. We have a good legal good defense advice. team. <laughs> okay, Rachel, what's next? Um, this week has been very bad and strange when it comes to technology. Oh, yeah. Kind of every week nowadays. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've always known this to some extent, but this week we got some insight into the dieting habits of technology executives. Oh, well, that's one angle we haven't heard about much. No. Well, so it's it's very, you know, bifurcated. They either eat what they kill with their own bare hands <laughs> or, they, or they don't eat altogether. Or, or they drink Soylent. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's that. Um, so it's it's like feast or famine, but mostly famine. Famine, yes. Um, so Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, gave this extraordinary interview to Fortune magazine, and he recalls having dinner at Mark Zuckerberg's house several years ago. Okay. Now let's not forget that these two guys are supposed to be sworn enemies, but they're both billionaires. Yeah, but that's what happens like, also in politics, right? People are sworn enemies, and then they wind up yucking it up in like, the cigars. How mad could you really right? be? Okay, right. Like, really, like the stakes are not that high. Like, <laughs> well, they are both, pretty high. They're both fucking. They rich. have more in common than they don't. Right. Right. They're exactly. both billionaires, so and weirdos. So, <laughs> so Fortune said. <laughs> What was your most memorable encounter with Zuckerberg? And he says, there was a year when he was only eating what he was killing. He made a goat for me for dinner. He killed the goat. And they said, in front of you? He said, no, he killed it before. He kills it with a laser gun. (laughs) And they said, a laser gun? And he says, I don't know, a stun gun, a laser gun. They stun him. Wait, wait, those are not, those are equally weird (laughs) options. So either with a laser gun... or a taser. He tased So you go goat. into your backyard and you just fucking but tase also, right, a goat? But also, goats are not wild. It's not like a deer where they're like running into the woods and it's a challenge to try to target them. Not that, not that that's a great thing to do, but if like you're into that, at least that's like some sort of athletic challenge. But like walking up in your backyard and tasing your goat? <laughs> that's, that's like, that's sociopathic <laughs> and behavior. And a laser, does a laser kill things? I, I don't like, think it was a this laser. Isn't like, <laughs> no, I think he zapped it and then... He sends it to a butcher in Palo Alto. Like, I feel oh, like if, you, if you're Man gonna, up and fucking butcher your own goat. If you're going to take something's life, butcher it yourself. Butcher it yourself. Or that like is, hire some like butcher concierge to show you how to do it. But you should be there when you're doing the stuff. Right. right? That's the worst part. And nose to tail. Nose to tail. You should be eating that goat's nose. You should be eating and that goat's tail. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, I guess the worst indignity was that he only put it in the oven for 30 minutes. And Wait, so it was like rare? Goats? And he served it cold. Oh, and then like, Jack Dorsey like said he only ate a salad, which was more than he normally eats. Was it, a, was it topped with a goat and a like, nice goat cheese? Oh, was there goat cheese served with it? <laughs> no, it was just That's like, cruel. That's he cruel served a goat. And salad. Oh, okay. That's first of all, that's not like a very like sumptuous dish for no, billionaires. It's, that's not great hospitality. Like you need to have a soup. At least and you make a curry. A goat curry is a nice side thing. Side dishes. Yeah, were there there were no sides. <laughs> Romaine was it? No. A ro- what kind of salad? That's, no, he said. Course. What else? Are I can't we believe having? you didn't ask. Like what? What kind of salad? He said. Have you eaten goat before? And he says, yeah, I love it. And Jack says, what else are we having? And Mark Zuckerberg says, salad. Oh, so he just ate the salad. He's a terrible host. He's the worst. He's terrible. We're learning more and more. Like we saw Social Network and we thought he was like this innocent guy who stumbled into success and had to make some hard choices and screwed some people, Army Hammer and so forth. But now we're realizing he's a monster he's, like everyone he's else. He's diabolical, which I will get into 
Um, <laughs> Quickly, now, I know. okay, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. So back to Facebook. We are so we're living in this post-state world. We've talked about this, yeah. And I feel the like governments are like, the com- the countries are like Google and Facebook and Apple and Amazon. Yes, right. And Facebook is like a rogue state, and it's a bad time <laughs> that we, we it's a failed state, and we need to <laughs> like treat it Libya as such. Yes, it is. <laughs> It is. Look around us. There are so many terrible things, and many of them tie back to Facebook. Sure. The only reason we have Donald Trump is probably because of Facebook. Probably. And this week, um, 1,000 media professionals at BuzzFeed and Huffington Post were let go because Facebook basically ate the news and sold these publishers a <laughs> false terrible. bill It's terrible. We know goods. a lot of these people. I mean, BuzzFeed finally migrated from quizzes into actual news. They were breaking real political Amaz- news. They hired amazing journalists. That's right. Like, and good for them. They're one of the few you know, uh, uh, venues that were moving from bullshit clickbait into like, into, real, like real news. Real That's news. right. Yeah. And here they are getting eviscerated because of the Facebook algorithm. Yep. And it's terrible, but there's more. <laughs> so this week, the, the Center for Investigative Reporting revealed that Facebook orchestrated a multi-year effort to dupe children out of money and then refused to give the money back. Wait, this how is they according to court documents them? unsealed in response to a class action lawsuit. I'm going to tell you. So Facebook encouraged game developers like Angry Birds and Petville to let children spend money without their parents' permission. Without, but don't you need a credit card? Well, so you to put the Apple credit ID card thing? in yeah. once. And then they don't tell you when you're buying additional things. No. They call so there's this, no consent. There's, there's no, no like, consent. There's no like, check this. It's just you like you buy want this. extra lives. Just keep playing. Exactly. Yes. It's horrible. So th- I would be pissed as an adult if that happened to me. Oh, and people are. So they call this in their <laughs> internal documents friendly fraud. Friendly I swear to God. Um, and so a kid could spend hundreds of dollars a day on digital goods without realizing it. Like they can opt to like arm their Cave- to which I say caveat with a flaming mTOR. sword. Caveat mTOR. This is a great way to teach your child the value of money once they've bankrupted it's you. Ins- when you're not getting paid from the when government. When you can't shutdown. pay the mortgage. <laughs> One 15-year-old racked up $6,500 in charges in a couple of weeks. And, of course, the company denied requests for refunds. Ugh. And Facebook employees referred to these children's these children as whales. Whales? Like, because they were spending so much money. Like, they were like, like an investment Vegas whale. Like Vegas casinos. Oh, right. You're yeah. like going after the whales. Right. And so the, the top priority was to boost revenue, not to protect these families, even though there were some questions. I mean, this is, uh, is this not legally at best dubious? At wor- I mean, what, there's no, that's like a, a no, paradox, friendly fraud? The friendly like, fraud. It's fraud, but we're, we're not, we're pretty friendly no, this, about it. this is terrible. This is, this, this is one of the worst, I mean, aside from like geopolitical shit, this is one of the worst consumer practices I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's, it's like we could say, well, they're distributing our data and destroying democracy, but at least they're not stealing from children. Right. Like It's like giving your children the checkbook to your like lifetime retirement IRA and saying, go spend it on not just candy, on like, here, we're going to get you addicted to drugs and we'll accept payment in drugs for your parents' IRA. Exactly. That's what it is. That's it's what the same. It is. It's People the don't same have money thing. saved. They're spending their parents' retirement. Yep. Yep, and and Facebook designed a program that automatically disputed customers' chargeback requests without even bothering to review the merits of the request. So that's how diabolical it is. Ugh. Like, they and of course they have all the leverage. It's not like Stripe or whoever they use is going to like push back against Facebook. If Facebook doesn't is wants to you know keep the charge, they'll keep the charge. No, we need like some kind of government intervention. Oh, but I in have the an idea. Why don't, that, we, have, we, have why don't we have the Commerce Department under Wilbur Ross? No, <laughs> go and regulate. All this. we have is Apple. To <laughs> regulate 
right, Facebook. Because, right, because if it in fact is an oligopoly, all we can do is hope that they, that through, one will through the do- free market competition, <laughs> they will balance each other out. Checks and balance. That's the new checks and balances. Apple will stop Facebook. Are they trying? They are. So, <laughs> so yesterday, TechCrunch reported that Facebook has been paying young users aged like 13 to 35 $20 per month plus referral fees to sell all of their privacy by installing one of these developer Facebook research apps. Right. Oh, I, I used to have that and I unsigned up from it because I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with this? I don't need that. You, you had that? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, my. it wasn't for kids. Like they, all these things have like the sign up for early releases, be the first to know uh-huh. how Gmail is going to be. And I realized like you're signing away your entire life your by doing that. Your entire phone. They are, they are examining your entire phone. So it was administered through a beta testing service called Applause Beta Bound and U-Test. And so it was intended to cloak Facebook's involvement and get around Through the app party, store's right? yeah. rules. Um, but when after TechCrunch started asking questions about this, Apple got extremely pissed off and blocked Facebook from Sounds their like developer platform. Okay. And so now Facebook the employees can't test the app internally. So they basically can't launch new things. So they can't, you can't launch- just do untested. Uh, no, to the app. if you work at a tech company, you will have a different copy of the app on your phone called sure. the dog food, right? Right, right. Yeah. like in test flight or right, something. Right, test yeah. flight. And so and that's how the engineers test new things. And now they can't do any of that. This is a huge, huge deal. This that- seems like one of the biggest stories. This whole like concatenation of things like, thank you for putting together this package. And I had no <laughs> idea where it was going. But like, Walt Mossberg, can you like tweet back to us? And Walt like, Mossberg, we would love to your get take your on take on this. It's very complicated. I'm trying it, to get my head around it. I think we need it. to shut this down. Unless, is, there, is there more plot here? Is well, there more plot? <laughs> well, the, pl- the rest of the plot is that like, yes, like yup to Apple, but they're not having the greatest week either. Okay. Because <laughs> there, there was... Other dis- than the fact that they're down like... <laughs> Stock is down 30% this year right, already or whatever. Right, other than that. But yeah. yes, and their earnings were bad. But there's a FaceTime glitch, which is their oh, yeah, video chat yeah. function that allows you to spy on people. Right. And so you so, call people, because this is because they have that new group FaceTime thing. Yes. And you can call someone and they don't pick up. But somehow there's a glitch in that that lets you actually hear what's happening. To capture the audio and the video right. of the so person you call. Right, so it's like the call. worst butt dial in history. Yes. <laughs> so And it was discovered a couple of weeks ago by a Fourteen-year-old kid in Arizona named Grant Thompson, who told his mother, and his mother was alarmed enough to send a video of the hack to Apple. Okay, <laughs> so she warns the company of this major security flaw. I mean, this That's mother is amazing. They, they like, probably employ ten thousand people on quality assurance QA. Yes, and they're relying on fourteen-year-old on some Grant. mother in Arizona, <laughs> right? And so she and she didn't hear from support, so she exhausted every other avenue she could. She emailed, she faxed, she did everything, <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> and then Apple's product security team encouraged her to set up a developer account to send a formal oh, bug that. report. Fuck that. No, 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 just shut this down. No, absolutely not. Rachel, is there anything good happening in the world of technology? Because we love to, I mean, like we all live by it and make our livings on it. Like what else is going on? Well, people are um, abusing robots and we don't know why. What? I know why. Because they fucking going to take our 
jobs exactly. and take our lives. No, that's a really good that's a good answer. Start, and that's but what, you're saying it's starting? It's starting. So um, there was an op-ed in the New York Times about like why we assault robots. And, <laughs> wait, wait, there's a presupposition there, which is that we are assaulting and robots. And it's not culturally dependent. This is happening all over the world. Humans are assaulting robots. They are inflicting violence on robots. There was a hit. And this isn't like vending machines, like when it doesn't give you your Reese's. Like this is like actual robots. No, there was a hitchhiking robot that was beheaded in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a security robot. It was punched to the ground in Silicon Valley. There was a, another security bot in San Francisco that was covered in a tarp and smeared with barbecue sauce. Oh. This is barbaric. And so this Anything article... Anything but barbecue. At least ranch dressing, not barbecue sauce. Uh, mustard, something. <laughs> Vinegar. <Dijon. laughs> <laughs> Oil and vinegar. I don't know. But there's there's this fear of a robot uprising. And so this this op-ed, which we'll link to in the show notes, explores the reasons for it. And it's very interesting in light of this other story that happened in Japan. There's a hotel called Hena, which translates to strange. It's the strange the hotel. The strange hotel, okay. And um, it's recognized in the Guinness Book of World Records as the first hotel staffed by robots. Okay. And it was opened in 2015. But um, this week, they um, they fired their staff. The robots? They fired the robots. <laughs> Wait, so their entire staff is robots, and they had layoffs, like they, BuzzFeed. They had, so the robots are not necessarily taking <laughs> all like of the, our which jobs. Which is like the minimum wage, minimum wage went up to $15, and they had to, like, lay some people off? Yeah, exactly. Oh so God. they had to lay Wait, off. So what was the uh, what was the reason for the layoffs? So the robots were really angering the customers of this <laughs> hotel. So there were um, there's a very funny video that I will link to. But so there was either like a family friendly sort of broken English speaking. Velociraptor robot at the front <laughs> desk. Wait, wait, wait. Was it a robot? This is a robot, the Velociraptor. It was a robot okay. Velociraptor, but it spoke in like it's broken English, Japanese translated English right. that like made absolutely no sense. Right, as it does. And not, then there yes. was like a Japanese speaking humanoid, but neither of them were able to take people's <laughs> passports, which is required to check, check into in. the hotel. So there so had they to be could, like. Wait, wait, so there's a Velociraptor at the check in desk. <laughs> It's unable to accept the passport to give this family their room. <laughs> yes. Wait, sorry, there's so many questions. Why do they have a velociraptor at the front desk? It's a really good question. I don't know why they're like. AJ the, would know. He loves the dinosaurs. They're like for the Japanese speakers. We'll have like someone shaped as a woman. <laughs> for no, the garbage no. monsters. I support <laughs> firing these robots. They've been misbehaving. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there had to be like humans like kind of standing behind them, ready to take the passports and just sort like of a like a learner's driver permit, like with a driving instructor with the second set of controls. Yes. And there was also this um, personal assistant called Churi, which were just completely inept at answering like even the most simple questions. And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal and it quoted a guy who was staying at the hotel and Churi all night kept saying, I didn't understand your question. Oh, and so kept, it's like Siri. Churi or Siri? Churi, and he was snoring and activating oh the God. robot no, all night. No, this is terrible. So, I'm never going, no. So Churi had to go. 
And um, the robots were asked to pack their knives and go. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> shut this down. Have humans that have, I mean, if you're going to have robots, at least have anthropomorphic robots. Do not have a velociraptor. That's the most mortifying thing to me. No, shut no. this down. No, shut no, it down. no. Rachel, what's next? So, um, I mean, not to like brag or anything, but uh, I've been texting with Ashton Kutcher. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I knew you knew I knew you'd interviewed a lot of celebrities. I knew you were on like speaking terms with some, but Ashton, that's like a huge one. Yeah, yeah. We're like we're really tight, except it's a fire festival scam. <laughs> so um <laughs> so Ashton was one of the first Twitter power users. He's like a big tech. He loves tech. He's yeah, an he investor. invests in startups and he has a fund. And... Yeah, yeah. So back like nine or ten years ago, he was the first user to get to a million followers on Twitter. But now, like times have changed, and he says he misses those personal connections. So we all do. So he tweeted this week: "I miss having a connection with real people, my community with a capital C. From now on, you can just text me. I won't be able to respond to everyone, but at least we can be." Real with each other and and can share the unedited latest and greatest in my world. Then he gave his phone number with an Iowa zip code, which is where he's from. And he says, yes, this is my real number. So I texted That's just, it. Wait, 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 wait. So he's saying like, I want to talk to my peeps. Here's my real number. Text me. Right. This is like when Trump gave out Lindsey Graham's cell phone number. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sort of. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll text him. And I said, hey, um, and he got back to me immediately because it was a bot. <laughs> said, "Hey, it's Ashton. This is an auto text to let you know I got your message. Everything else will be from me. Make sure you click the link and add yourself to my phone so I can respond to you. Then, welcome to my community. Message frequency will vary. Reply help. So for he's help. just building Stop. a mailing list. That's he's, all he did. He's just going to spam you with his shit. Totally spamming me. But like, and what is he promoting? Why does he want these names? So I, I was like, are you there?" Ashton, <laughs> I said, I, I know Jeff and Mary because I know this couple that discovered him okay. when he was a student. Okay. And um, he did not respond. <laughs> well, he did respond, but not about that. He said he responded with a photo of himself at a Lakers game. And I said, Ashton, your messages are random and have nothing to do with what I asked you. And, and I said, do you want to be on my podcast? And he responded <laughs> right away. He said, best book I've this year so far. Not I've read. Not just I've read. This no, year, there was yeah. a typo. So I know it's definitely coming from him. Yes, but it, of course. It has no contextual <laughs> Social relevance. media interns. Um, and he said, having learned as an adult that I technically grew up below the equality line, I found the insights in this book to be lo loaded with truth. And then he clicked, uh, there's a link to the broken ladder, how inequality affects the way we think, live, and die. So it's like Oprah's book club. It's like Ashton's book club. Ashton's book club. This is shady. But he Ashton. Is, Ashton, you're, you're, you're being thirsty. You're better than this. I, I don't know if you are. I don't know what you're for anymore, but like you serve no purpose. No, no. It's this thing called, when he says like my community with a capital C, it's community.com, which is this like oh, influencer network where like you. celebrities can no, like spam people. No, we don't need your nonsense it's all BS. you're rich enough you're famous enough uh, you want to dabble in the startup world but this is the scammiest way to do it do not try to don't trick exploit me into... our inequality of influence right, that's what he's doing yes. he's taking this right and he's basically taking our information just like facebook and trading our privacy for his nonsense marketing no, no. Ashton, shut it down no shut it shut down shut it down this has been a terrible week we've gone all the way from trump to celebrities to cockamamie technology. You know what we need? We need a little yup. These are the things that give us little beacons of joy, little 
rays of hope during these dark, dark times. And for once, Rachel and I actually have the same a shared the yup. Shared <laughs> yup. Um, because I told her about this amazing show that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> on Showtime, and she's discovered. like, "Oh my God, I see the same show, and we've been mentioning it throughout the uh, throughout the podcast, and it's called Escape at Dannemora. Do you want to give a, give a very quick uh, plot synopsis, just just enough so people know what we're talking about? Yeah, it's it's based on a true story, and it stars Paul Dano and uh, Benicio del Toro, and the wonderful Patricia Arquette as these two guys who escape from an upstate New York prison with the help from this woman who works at the prison right, and right. is fucking both of them, and right. it's uh, it's. You should have too story. many spoilers, but it was all in the news, so yeah. there's probably too many, not not too many spoilers we could do. So what I'd like to do is say, first of all, it's seven episodes, and that seems like a lot, but we all watch more than that all the time. It's totally bingeable. I watch it in two nights. So maybe, Rachel, the way we should do this is let's each give our favorite moment in this incredible uh, work of art. <laughs> It's really one of our finest. Well, I mean, in general, as an overview, I would just like to say that I endorse and support the collaboration of Patricia Arquette and Ben Stiller, who directed the whole series, because they are our finest living collaborators, having worked together on our favorite movie. Flirting with Disaster. Flirting with Disaster. From the 90s, which if you haven't seen, a lot of you weren't born then. Please go back and see. I'm sure it's screaming somewhere. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's one of the earliest David O. Russell movies. It's great. Um, but I, I really loved so many moments. I loved the painting. I liked how Benicio del Toro was this in-house painter and would <laughs> in paint, prison while in prison <laughs> and would like freelance and paint these portraits of people's animals and spouses and then the meat and the meat was good. The too. meat, the frozen meat, where they uh, slip things in, uh, snuck things into the prison with in frozen hamburger, <laughs> <laughs> frozen chop meat. I think my favorite parts were the scenes in the sewing shop. Oh, yeah. Because you have these like really macho, like rough criminals who are all sitting there with sewing machines making little, you know, making uh, outfits. I don't know who they get sold to. They're making they're, pants. They're yeah. making pants. Yeah. And there was one point where Paul Dano, Dano who's one of the prisoners who escapes, um, makes this little baby pair of pants uh-huh. for um, Patricia Arquette, who's the like foreman who like supervises this whole thing. And they're having a little bit of an affair. So he walks up to the desk and he hands her these little like dolls pants <laughs> right yeah she subsequently like uses them to masturbate in the bath and like yes. it's just this very touching moment but also like reveals the brutality and the baseness of prison life and uh there's so many angles to this actually you know one of the things benicio del toro said that like really stuck with me is that in nature there are no right angles and here in prison it's all right angles, it's true bars and so forth so maybe that's applicable to our life i don't know uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, I I loved like I loved everything about it. I loved the escape. I loved the like the engineering was so. Amazing. I don't know how they filmed that thing. Okay, everybody, please watch it. Tweet us at Brian Heck at Rachel D to tell us what you thought about this or anything in this ridiculous, terrible podcast for this terrible week. It's been a terrible week, and yet. A really fun podcast. That's right. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, review, rate, all those things. We have great ratings and all that. Tell your friends. Please just give us a five-star That's the only way we grow. We don't get press. We don't don't go on press tour like when a major motion picture comes out. We rely on you to tell your friends. So please continue to do that. That's how we grow. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. It's been a terrible week. A terrible, terrible week. Really fun podcast. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in